Welcome to the Zip Speed Podcast. My name is Stu, and I'll be your host. If you're into science and speed, this episode is all for you. Zip helped pioneer wind tunnel research and cycling, but we did not do it alone. We have a great partner in the Auto Research Center Wind Tunnel, a state-of-the-art facility two miles up the road from Zip's Indianapolis factory. In this episode of the Zip Speed Podcast, we take a broad and detailed look at how wind tunnels improve aero efficiency in cycling and other industries, including motorsports and transportation. We learn all about the fascinating research the ARC Wind Tunnel does on scale model semi-trucks, as well as its roots in IndyCar racing. Listen now as Zip Content Manager sits down with the ARC Chief Operating Officer, Henry Kowalczyk. So sit back and relax. It's time for the Zip Speed Podcast. Here we go. Awesome. Well, we're sitting here uh, right next to the wind tunnel at the Auto Research Center, which is um, almost exactly two miles up the road, down the road. Actually, you're a little bit north of us uh, at Zip. Is that right? North? No, east. Yeah, no, we're north. Yeah, yeah straight, north. Straight That's north. That's correct. Um, and at Zip, we um, we've been coming to this wind tunnel for well, three, four, five, maybe more years yeah, at this point. Six, seven, eight. Six, seven, yeah, eight. Yeah. yeah, and it's been a great relationship. Um, and so we wanted to uh, learn a little bit more about what you do beyond just bikes. We've highlighted. Uh, some of the work we've done in the wind tunnel uh, in, in features and in stories and actually some of the data we use with our wheels and our product development. Uh, so today on the Zip Speed podcast, we, uh, we welcome uh, Henry Kowalczyk, Chief Operating Officer of uh, ARC or Auto Research Center. Uh, here in Indianapolis. So welcome to the show, Henry. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I hope uh, people find this interesting. <laughs> oh, I think so. It's been fascinating. You just gave me a little tour and it's interesting to look at the wind tunnel because I've always seen a, a bike and rider usually up on it, but now there's a scale model semi-truck. Uh, yeah. So we'll get into that in a minute. But just to start out, um, it really is no surprise. If you know about Indy and then the history of motorsports in this city, it's not a surprise there's a facility like this here. But just what is the history of the Auto Research Center and you know, here in Indy and why is it here, this particular location? Yeah, well, so back in nineteen ninety eight, um, we we started here, um, and we were the engineering support arm for Reynard racing cars. Um, and like you said, obviously Indianapolis, um, and at the time, uh, Reynard Racing Cars was one of the main suppliers of Indy cars. Um, and we had a lot of customers here. Um, so it made sense to have some, some support uh, because Reynard was based in the UK. Uh, so all the engineering was done over there. Um, but uh, the customers were here. So we, we built this facility. Um, and we have a seven post shaker, uh, gearbox dyno. Uh, we do CFD, things like that. And obviously we've got the wind tunnel um, that we've got. Um, you know, and back then, like teams were doing um, all kinds of development because of the, the rules were, were way, way more open um, than they are now. Uh, so we'd have a team in here in the seven post and, you know, or the uh, wind tunnel doing testing, developing parts, putting them on the cars, um, you know, a couple of maybe that weekend maybe two weekends uh, later they'd be putting it on the uh on the race car if it worked uh, here and you know then they go out and uh, go out and race yeah we looked at that seven post briefly before coming in here to record could you just for people who may not know just to 
super quick definition of it? Yeah, so the seven post shaker is basically um, you put a, a, a car on it, and uh, the reason it's called seven posts um, is because it's got seven posts actually hydraulic rams and four of those hydraulic rams are are the wheel pants so the the tires sit on that um and that puts all the bumps and shakes it and you know that um and then the three other posts are what we call aero loaders um and those apply all the downforce the banking um allows us to simulate a braking condition or a turning condition so we can we can take data that that the teams collect at the track um and then simulate you know basically a, a lap around the indy speedway um and then teams will sit here and try all kinds of combinations and you know make make performance gains interesting um to start is like how exactly does this wind tunnel work its design is different from some of the other ones uh that are around yeah uh, just uh, what are some basics on wind tunnel design yeah so so this is called the three quarters uh open jet tunnel um and the reason it's called three-quarter open jet is because three of the sides are open uh to a big room um and then the bottom is is uh the road so it's it's different from other tunnels that like um you know you might be used to seeing pictures of where it's an actual tunnel um the whole way around um and then the model sits inside that tunnel but the fact that we're in a bigger open room the three quarters allows you to have um a bigger model for what you would normally have um you know because you don't have to worry about the walls interfering um and that kind of stuff um so that's you know that's one part of it um the other thing it's 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 a closed loop um a system so that means that basically the air is going around in a loop all the time um, there's a propeller in the middle of, of it um, that's actually moving the um, the air up to speed um, and that's some other tunnels are not closed they're just a single uh, open but that that's a little harder because then you have to accelerate the air from standstill through the model uh, you know and then out uh, whereas if you keep it spinning around in a, in a, a loop then you know you're that's a little bit more efficient um also we maintain a constant temperature year-round so that a team can come in here it's always at 75 degrees um you know so the conditions you know they know that, that it's always the same um and again if you're if if you're not in a closed loop um then you'd have to bring in outside air and you know like a day like today where it's cold outside you'd have to heat the air to some temperature um or if it's a hot day out in the summer you'd have to cool it down um so here you know we, we don't have to work at as hard at that part of it um and then the last thing that makes this tunnel really different than most other tunnels um is most other tunnels have been designed for airplanes and spaceships and, and that kind of stuff um and and so that you know they they, they just hold the the model up there but this one was specifically uh designed for race cars and auto um, automobiles um so the interaction of the road with the model is is a big deal so we spin um what basically is a big conveyor belt uh, or like a treadmill you know if you if you think about it um and then um that is basically simulating the car rolling over the road the wheels are spinning 
Um, so you're getting the interaction of the wheels with the road, the, the flow under the car, um, uh, you know, and, and all of that. And, you know, usually people think, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's obviously really important, especially for an indie car where you're generating downforce from, from the bottom of the, of the car. Um, so you need, to, you, know, you, know, you need to simulate that. But uh, we actually found that, um, you know, it's important for really any vehicle um, that moves because there's always interactions. Um, I mean, even with bicycles, right, the wheels are spinning. Um, and so that interaction with the road, with the, the frame, um, everything, is, it's really important to, to, to make sure you're simulating that as, as close as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Great explanation. Uh, wh what is the scope of wind tunnel research here at ARC? Um, for example, this sem obviously we don't have a full semi <laughs> up there. Um, is that a twelve percent or what size? The one uh, we can get a picture of it maybe. But um, what is the scope of the work? And then um, for semis, oh, you can go into the scale modeling, which is quite interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, it's expensive to make full full scale things right so you know we we work in scale um because you know to, to make a big big wind tunnel uh, requires a lot of power to move uh the air requires a lot of power to control the temperature uh, you know a lot of power to move the road all of those things um so early on you know people figured out oh well you don't actually have to simulate the full scale stuff you can simulate in in scale and still get really good uh, information out of it um so yeah so it, we can test here scale models um and uh like you mentioned this one's 12 it's 12 12 and a half exactly but um um for a for a semi truck uh like for a race car it'll be somewhere like 40 to 50 percent and for passenger cars that kind of um, that kind of thing as well um, and then um, obviously for for bicycles where we can actually fit a, a full scale 100 percent 100 percent with somebody riding on it so <laughs> we haven't had to go to scale on that um, yeah so what is the scope uh, how much does motorsports still make up of the volume you do here and uh, you know i know that there's even been in the past uh, campers uh, you know camper vans or trailers evaluated yeah 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 um yeah so back in the past uh we used to be only only motorsports uh but um unfortunately it doesn't you know with with the rules changes nowadays um there's a lot less scope for for teams to come and develop uh um, race cars but uh since then we've uh like you saw up front we have all kinds of of models we uh a lot of the work we do is semi trailers um so you see um skirts on on the trailers going down the road below the below the trailers um you see rear end devices on there um so we we've tested all of that kind of thing um we do a lot of work for for companies um that they they need to comply with epa regulations and and there's a smart way um group that basically uh if you want to make sure that you're saving fuel and and being green you can put devices that that help you do that um so we've tested a lot of those um uh, devices on here um and then yeah i mean um yeah you saw the trailer uh rv trailer uh we work on we work on passenger cars evs um 
I mean, we've done things that aren't even cars. We've done jet engine um, nacelle testing in here um, and other other things. Anything where, you know, fluids and air and, and things like that, we have to control and simulate and, and measure. Uh, and you've even okay. had, have you even had some other cyclists, I mean, beyond Zip, just some people come in and yeah. buy some wind tunnel time? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So we've got the, the, uh, the bike... Uh, insert we call it so you know we put it in uh, and we can we can put a, a full bike um, and we can have somebody pedaling on it so we've had uh, athletes we've had um, we had the earlier this year we had the USA uh, triathlon team USA uh, which is neat um, watching those uh, athletes sit there and try to improve uh, and yes I mean it's amazing just watching watching them pedal <laughs> you know for for an hour straight basically uh trying to, to get rid of drag and, and improve all their yeah yeah well i mean just how much does wind slow you down and i mean even if you on a bike for example you mentioned the like that triathlon or time trial setup where you're extended over and any cyclist who has switched to that from a normal setup knows that you just gain a significant amount of speed just from that or if you're in a car with a bike rack with a couple bikes on top i mean you can feel it going down the road and and you can almost see it on the gas gauge (laughs) yeah yeah. um and you know sticking your hand out to whether you have your palm perpendicular to the ground or flat obviously but what are some ways to kind of explain the effects of wind on speed in general? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the hand, the flat hand versus the the streamlined hand is is perfect, right? Um, at the the that drag force that you're generating changes as a square of the speed, um, right? So you know, uh, basically, you double the speed, you've quadrupled the um, the drag force, but the power to actually overcome that drag is changes with the cube of the speed um so you don't need double the power you need eight times the power um so it it you know and that's like you pedaling on a bike right yeah <laughs> so you know anything i i know when you're at the gym and you're turning the yeah. <laughs> the watt thing going um you know it, it it gets harder and harder um so yeah so so anything you can do to to, to eliminate drag is is obviously a, a big uh uh, a big thing um you know on a bicycle it's you know even even at low speeds like at 10 miles an hour like 50 percent of the of the power needed is is aerodynamic you, you have to overcome uh, aerodynamic drag um and at 25 percent is like or sorry at 25 miles an hour it's like 90 percent or something um and you're talking like 350 400 watts in a in a like yeah. relatively aero position right right um so i mean again that's some serious uh that's that's a lot of pedaling yeah um and i saw on your website there's a lot of interesting information but it it talks about how there's been wind tunnels since really the 1920s and that was kind of astounding to me can you explain some examples of improvements uh, that have kind of come from this study of aerodynamics that extends back further than a lot of people probably realize? Yeah, actually, I, I had to look that up. It, it, the first one was 1870. Wow. So, yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> it's like there weren't even planes then. Uh, they were just like beginning to understand that what it was, right? And uh, um, yeah, so I and and, and the Wright bro- brothers uh, built a, their own wind tunnel uh, to to learn. 
um so yeah so so they were around and um you know with the airplanes um obviously that drove a lot of it early on um and you, you know so so at some point the the car guys were like oh hey aerodynamics that might be important right um and and so it started it started to actually you know be used for for cars and like i think in the 60s is is really when it started to come on on board um and then as as the technology progressed they were able to do rolling road like we do now and you know uh, to to keep on improving um but yeah i mean obviously so you know on the very basics uh of of how the wind tunnel helped well they made planes right so yeah. they figured that out and but, i guess you know the motivation is pretty high because you know in, in cars it may slow you down but in airplanes if you don't understand lift and stall and things right. like that yeah yeah it's but, it's yeah exactly yeah but but even you know i think like probably the the neatest thing um of of aerodynamics and and applied to race cars and specifically is um again just down the street right at the motor speedway they're going 240 miles an hour right which is crazy to think about that um and they're pretty much going 240 miles an hour almost all the way around you yeah know, they don't slow very they, they don't lift um at all right they they're going flat out and the only it's just friction that's slowing them down um you know so i think that that's like pretty amazing that you, you, you've got to you've got to optimize the lift to the drag um so you've got enough horsepower to go that fast and you've got enough uh downforce to to stick you to the ground um you know the it's like i'm sure everybody's seen it right on 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 youtube or on on the web somewhere that it says uh you, you know you could drive a car upside down at 200 miles an hour because it's it's generating enough downforce um you know they're they're generating some like five thousand pounds of downforce in road course uh trim at 200 miles an hour so literally that's over twice twice what it weighs so it can yeah. easily you can easily stick it over there um you know and then just every you know then also not just racing but efficiency i mean now with with uh trucks you know i mean it, it was it's all about fuel savings and things um you know the more expensive fuel gets the the, the better um you know fuel efficiency is for for the bottom line so you know they they come in here do testing development they can you know they can improve 10 15 percent uh fuel economy improvements so i mean wow. that's, yeah that's uh, pretty big too what are some examples of some of the changes or refinements that some of your customers have made based on wind tunnel changes yeah well so um you know obviously in racing all that all that but in in um in in trucks um you know the the skirts uh just putting a skirt on you know there's some simple stuff you can do so a skirt around the bottom of the trailer yeah those things around the yeah like basically between the wheels you know, mm -hmm. right the that you see covering covering the entire bottom of it um you know just putting something down there basically gets you some kind of improvement so if even if you didn't think about it and you put something down there you get like two three percent uh but then companies come in here um they'll you know they want to maximize that improvement for whatever size it is um and so they can you know they work on the angle and the shapes of of, of it and how it interacts with the landing gear and how, how it interacts with the rear wheels um all of that and you know we're so, some of them they're getting five to six percent um so you know you can easily stick something on there get two three percent and then work at it and then double that right so yeah. um and five percent i mean if you've got hundreds of 
semis on the roads going 70 miles an hour. Yeah. That's a significant... Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> um, what about those things at the back of the trailer, like the, the taper in... Yeah, yeah, what? rear end devices, yeah. Are those just uh, called rear end devices? Yeah, yeah, yes. basically tail, boat tails, okay. uh, rear end devices. Um, there's different things, you know, um, but, but the drag... It's, anything that's moving through the air is called bluff body drag. So um, you're you're breaking the the air from from being smooth and and behind you it's like this all these vortices and just really really messy air. Um, and so on a truck, um, you've got you've got all of that working against the big door. And actually, if you drive if you know, if you're driving, following a truck, the closer you get to it, you can feel it. It starts buffeting your car um, and things, right? So, so those rear end devices are used to to really manage that flow back there. Yeah. You know how you do it, and so some some are the boat tails that you see. Um, some are they'll have like little curved pieces just to try to redirect the the airflow um, and just make it as as smooth as possible. You know, ideally you you basically would would taper it to back just like an air like a wing right it, it tapers back to to perfectly joined at the back because that's really the smoothest way of doing it um but it's not really practical in a truck because you know you have to have packages in it and, yeah and it can't be 95 feet long um so so they try to try to work on it with with different devices to to fix that and these models like this 12 and a half percent model um, of the semi truck it's pretty amazingly detailed down to like there's lug nuts on it and there's mirrors and other types of you know hoses um, all that kind of stuff on it. it every little bit makes a difference doesn't yeah. it yeah I mean we you know we try to make the models as close to reality as possible so um, sometimes you know it depends on on who we're we're working with but uh, some of our customers might be the designers of the trucks and the cars and the trailers whatever so they have CAD um, you know for for the exact thing um, so we try to to take that CAD and and you know size it down um, and for the most part now with with uh, rapid prototyping um, you know the technologies. It, it, it's so much better now you can really scale things down and print print it out and you can't tell the difference right um but sometimes we'll use different materials like carbon fiber metal uh, you know just just different things um and then sometimes if we don't necessarily have the cad we can scan um you know with a with a scanner uh take that data um and then we'll we'll uh we'll generate um We'll generate the the scale model um and in fact just i don't know about a year or two ago um we scanned the full scale truck um and yeah made one of one of these eight scale models so yeah what's your history of working with zip and with bikes yeah well zip um the at, there's a lot of uh guys at zip that um have a motorsports background right and so um well, back I, like I, I think it might have been ten years ago, and I, I've been here so long I lose track of time. But um, yeah, the, he he used to work on a race team, and and he'd been he was here a lot, familiar with the you know tunnel testing. Um, and they came to us and said, "Hey, can we test bike stuff here?" And we're like, "Yeah, I don't see why not. Like, we're 
we usually don't say no to anybody until we really know it can't be done yeah <laughs> you know so they um yeah they so we said oh yeah let's let's figure it out they came over um with a tire um you know they're like okay how would we do this um and so I, I don't know it was probably like four or five of them and and us and we're you know just sitting pretty much right out here looking at it and we're like hey what if we basically put the fork on the sting over there you can't you guys can't see it but you can see it you know like how the that uh, there's a thing called the sting that holds the model in in, in the tunnel um and that has all the measurement devices on it. and they're like oh yeah sure yeah that that would probably work and then the rolling road would spin the wheel um so the first incarnation of it was that like we we built that and we tested it and then uh we're like okay well that's that's fine but you know then we'd like to see the interaction with the actual bike and everything um so then yeah we we built the the bike insert that lets you put an entire bike on um you know you can uh, you can pedal on it you can have a person on it um or you know the zip guys come um and they they'll test just wheels sometimes they'll test just front wheels just rear wheels uh, you know uh in isolation because because they're working you know with cfd and just specific designs of, of things that they're doing um so they want to see that in isolation and then you know they'll put uh they'll put it on a on a bike and then on, on our system the 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 wheels spin um and then um yeah and sometimes they'll put a bike rider on there um and i'm always amazed by by the guy they bring he's like amazing he can do the same exact thing for yeah. hours on end jj yeah we did a feature yeah. on him on our website just uh sitting the, still and that and yeah he's i mean i've i've watched a lot of you know he's some of the professional guys can't even yeah uh, like mimic their own you know they're the ones who do it all the time right and and they don't um they can't hold still for that long but uh yeah jj will sit here and pedal for hours on end i mean you guys you guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it's quite a laborious process really i mean it's a lot of like doing runs and sweeps again and again and again to get the different comparisons yeah yeah, I mean, uh, he's got to, yeah, because if, if he changes, then it messes up the, the results, right? Yeah. You know, if, if he's doing something different, then it's not going to be, it's not going to be the bike, the wheel or, or whatever you're testing right then and there. Um, so, yeah, for the, especially for the, the wheel testing. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got to be a, like a robot. Yeah. Um, a couple of final last questions. Um, like with, with our wind tunnel research, I mean, over the years and the, you know, we found some kind of counterintuitive things at times with like, you know, years ago we made all our rim shapes kind of a V shape. Mm. And in the last decade or more, we've gone with more of a blunted, you know, a rounder shape on the inner diameter of the wheel. Yeah. We found for various reasons that that's faster in the wind tunnel and, um, you know, and then later on where you have wider tires and all that. Are there any things that you've kind of picked up on over the years that are kind of counterintuitive i mean i think people usually just think something shaped like a jet jet fighter is fastest something kind of a triangle arrow shape um 
And that's obviously probably largely true, but what are some, are there any kind of unusual little things? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, around here, we, we always tell people, like, if we knew what the answer was, we wouldn't be testing it, right? Um, and, and like you said, yeah, there's some obvious things that, that y you know to be true. Um, obviously, a more streamlined shape is going to be, you know, better. Um, but I, I think where you get the things that are counterintuitive are the interactions between things, right? Um, and so, and that's really where a lot of the gains are, where, you know, because you can't necessarily make everything streamlined, um, you know, for, for whatever reasons. Uh, you know, maybe in cars, uh, people don't want it to be streamlined. They want, you know, some kind of shape, right? They want a, a pickup truck shape or they want, you know, whatever. Um, in you know, in the case of a bicycle, you've got to you've got to have a fork <laughs> somehow, right? Right. Um, there's some things that you you know that you have to have. Um, so there's constraints, um, and so yeah, sometimes you'll do things and you know you'll you'll change it and you're like, huh, that that went backwards to what I thought, or you know, or sometimes there's things that you you sit there and do, you do a little bit more, 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 more. And it keeps on getting better and better and better. And you think, oh, well, it's almost infinite. But eventually, you know, that might turn around. And it's like you do get some optimal, you know, point. Um, you know, obviously, in, like the example being wings, right? You can't, um, you can't just keep on increasing the angle of attack of a wing because eventually it stalls. So, you know, you lose lift instantly. Um, so, yeah, things like that, um, you know, uh, and, and um, sometimes there's well uh vortex generators you know in in reality like you're disturbing the air so that would be bad um but sometimes you'll put vortex generators to control where that air is going and how it's sticking to shapes um what would use yeah. what device or machine would use a vortex generator? so um like well on wings they'll put them on um on the leading edge to uh to basically get better stall characteristics so like if you're on a plane on a uh, airline plane and you're sitting by the wing you, you can see these little uh straight things uh yeah. sometimes on on the leading around the leading edge and then that's for for giving them better better angle of attack more angle of attack before it stalls um in um uh, like for semi trucks sometimes you'll you'll see those um and they're like meant to 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 energize the air so that it'll go certain places um you know in race cars uh they use vgs a lot underneath to to create the, the vortices to 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 direct it and 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 create more downforce um so yeah i mean that's probably the quintessential thing that you wouldn't expect would be better but you yeah know, well, Henry, one one final question, um, and I didn't let you know about this one, but I was just wondering, listening to all this, is there anything in like your own personal, like how you pick your car or you're ready to go on a cross-country vacation or something, any little big or small things you've done to kind of, uh, you know, be efficient wind-wise? Um, well, <laughs> unfortunately, I like to go fast, so... <laughs> <laughs> that requires a, a, a lot more uh, more power. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, keep your car clean, things like bugs and, and things like that, for sure. Um, you know, keep your windows uh, closed. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, get a tonneau cover for your pickup truck. Yeah. That, you know, that's the, that's the one uh, everybody's always the, the 
closed uh, or open uh, uh, pickup truck bed question, uh, tone of cover. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Well, good. Well, this has been a fascinating uh, conversation, and uh, we thank you very much for your time, Henry. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I uh, hope uh, everybody found it interesting. We want to thank Henry for coming on the show today. Don't forget that you can always go back and listen to your favorite episodes all about Zip products, technology, and athletes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friends and give us a five-star rating. So until the next show, my name is Stu for the Zip Speed Podcast. We'll see you later.